by the powers vested in me by the Federal Communications Commission, I command you to get on the microphone in a serious manner and continue this broadcast. Cairo Knights, Jonathan Weir in for Spike O'Neill. I'll be here tomorrow night as well. I'm so happy to be back here on Cairo. Seattle. Um, it is, uh, as I always say, a lifelong dream of mine that I've had since the age of 23. So my my life didn't really begin until I was at least 23. We got Matt Butler with me. Hey, Matt. Hey, how's it going, buddy? It's going fantastic. I'm always happy when I get to hear that voice because I you must I not do have much things. excitement in your life. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's dreary. Uh, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. It is just a malaise. Uh, my life is mayonnaise on uh, unleavened toast. So, because I do a lot of radio stuff, I don't have I don't have that radio voice. And it's funny because people are like, "Oh, I can see why you're in radio because you got the you got the radio voice." Well, thank you very much. It's 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 interesting sometimes when I run into people in real life and they have no idea what I do, and I, we start talking about what we do. I would I'm guess like, it immediately. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm in radio, and they're like, that adds up. Oh, I get thank it. God, because like I can't imagine you were like a cashier at Starbucks. Will that be a latte grande for you, ma'am? <laughs> um, I uh, we're going to talk about some serious stuff in a minute, or relatively serious stuff. But I want to talk about this first. It's my son, my oldest son. It's his 14th birthday, so happy birthday to him! And happy, how is it my son's birthday? But I feel older. Day to me, because that's what happens when you have kids. You don't necessarily feel older on their birthdays. I mean, you, I mean, on your birthday, you do. You do feel older on your birthday, especially the landmark ones, the 40, the 50, I'm assuming, if I make it to 60, 60. Um, but for me, I get more depressed on his birthdays and uh, my younger son's birthdays because, you know, they're becoming like these adults. They're becoming like the they're, – they're not like cute anymore. Like, they're getting so further away from being my little buddy that I could just, you know, control and navigate through life. And now, like, they're pushing back, and it's, oh, God, it makes me so sad. Um, every year, this is my tradition with him, and I, I kind of want to talk about this, birthday traditions that you might have in your family. Every year I have a tradition, and I don't think he knows about it, but the tr- tradition I have is I pick him up. That is literally a tradition. I make it a point. On his birthday every year, actually on both of my son's birthdays every year, to pick them up. One, to show them who's boss. It's still the big guy. It's still me. But also because I read this incredibly sad description of parenthood one time that said that somewhere at some time you will pick your child up for the last time. And neither of you will know that it was the last time. Wow. So for me, I'll always know when it was the last time, the next birthday when I can't pick him up again. <laughs> be like, it was, oh, it was when I got that hernia when, you were 20, <laughs> when that disc bulged out of my back and uh, I screamed and dropped you and fell to the floor. So those, that's, that's my weird birthday tradition with my sons. Do you have any weird birthday traditions, uh, either you or Kevin? 
I don't know that I have any particularly weird ones. Um, growing up, the thing was just always that you got to pick your birthday dinner, which was always special, not particularly weird. Nice. But for some reason, I always chose fried seafood. Always. Fried seafood. And yeah. you grew up in Missouri, right? Uh, no, Mississippi. Mississippi. Okay, yeah. well, that's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I knew it started I, with an M-I-S. Yeah. Uh, but, Okay, so that's that's better because if it was Missouri and you get fried seafood, that's the only actually seafood you can eat in Missouri is is when you just fry all of the salmonella out of it. Like it's just it's fine. I can't get salmonella from this because I'm not yes. eating salmon. And the further inland you get, the more suspicious you have to be of sushi. Uh, but yeah, and, and then people are like, "Oh, it's it's like an anti-Japanese thing." No, it's an anti-dying thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's I, I'm not I'm, I'm not a foodie. Uh, and I, I, that's the thing. If you live on the coast, you could be a foodie and you could be like, Oh, you know what? I I try sushi. I'll try, you know, exotic things. I'll try that weird Icelandic shark thing where they like bury a shark until it festers and then you eat it and you can see through time. Um, and you see elves everywhere. I I'll do that. You could do that if you live on the coast cause you're not going to die. But if you live inland, you have to only eat cows. <laughs> That's pretty much our diet. Right. You have to you have to eat cows if you grew up in the Midwest. Um, back to birthdays. Though. So much of birthday tradition seems like it's just beating the crap out of the person whose birthday it is. Like they're spanking them. There's the punching in the arm. Uh, there's some families have like the tugging of the ears. I don't know what it is, but so many fa- it, so many times it's just hurting the person whose birthday it is. And I think it's because. We're envious that they're getting all the attention that we're not getting. And two, it's a reminder that we're all getting older. And it's, it's, I think when you're older and you see somebody happy about aging, it makes you angry. Yes. I'm you getting know? to a point in my life where I'm starting to observe that. Yeah. You just, ah, you know what? We're all going to die. But I can't say that at, uh, while you're blowing out your candles. Everybody dies at some point. Uh, but, but, you know, you enjoy turning seven, but. <laughs> Uh, so I, I asked this question on my Facebook page and got some interesting answers for weird birthday traditions. Dave said, every year my grandpa would take us out in the backyard and wrestle with us. If we could pin him, we could eat cake. If not, he got our slice. I swear he would let all of my siblings win except for me. That's great preparation for a career under capitalism. That'll, that'll That's true. You're going to – you're gonna. Well. Yeah, a boomer is going to wrestle you for cake. Yes. That's get used to it, Gen Z. <laughs> they ain't letting you have that cake without a fight. <laughs> um, Megan says, We didn't get cake for my birthday. We would get brown Schweiger sandwiches. I know what that is. I don't know if I want to I think it's actually a crime to describe what a brown Schweiger sandwich is on air. I think the FCC actually cracks down on that. But basically it's hate. <laughs> if if hate and rage were compressed between two pieces of god awful bread, that would be a brown Schweiger sandwich. So it's not a surprise that she says she's a vegetarian now. And Leo yeah. said, up until up until last year, we would go outside and play lawn dart chicken, and the winner got the biggest piece of cake. I don't know why all of these are about cake, but fine. I don't want to say why we stopped last year, but rest in peace to my cousin Mike. I wonder if people in Seattle know what lawn dart chicken is. That might be something that you only do in the Midwest when you're bored enough. Yeah, I don't think that ha- that uh, particular hobby or sport has a large following out this way. Do you know what it is? 
No, it just sounds like something okay, I so, never heard of being done out here. Oh, it's um, okay. So what it is is there were there were lawn darts, and they're just literally just these uh, uh, javelins, more or less, with little flags kind of on the end. And the idea was you you throw them up in the air and you have to get them into a circle. But lawn dart chicken was something that we would do where we would all stand in a circle and throw the lawn dart up into the air. <laughs> and then the last one to leave the circle before it came down and impaled your face was the winner. In more ways than one. So, yeah, well, you, you win life because you've lobotomized yourself and you're forever happy. Leo said uh, that that's how they would decide who got the biggest piece of cake was lawn dart chicken up until Cousin Mike, I guess, got it through the eye. All right. Uh, so that, those are birthday traditions. That was fun. Let's talk about this. There are a bunch of bills in Olympia this week in the second session of uh, the legislature that deal with driving and I, I know Seattle, like anywhere else, that is a fascination. Everybody in every city believes that we have the worst roads, we have the worst traffic, we have the worst drivers. Well, if you believe that, keep listening, because things are only going to get worse, apparently. Um, there was one bill that was going to make jaywalking legal. That would make it legal everywhere, where the speed limit is 45 miles per hour or less. And by the way, that hasn't been totally shut down. That could still happen. So if you're annoyed by people just walking in front of you while you're trying to drive down the saintly streets of Seattle, guess what? They're about to have the right to do that, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. You can't even run them over anymore. Um, there's another bill, and I actually have a problem with this, another bill that would lower the legal blood alcohol content level from 0.08 to 0.05. Which I think is stupid and just kind of pearl-clutching nonsense. I'm not saying that you should ever, ever drive drunk. But blood alcohol content is a stupid way to determine if someone is a danger on the road. I I have a – my father-in-law is a police officer, and he and I were talking about this earlier. And he's like, yeah, no, you have to go by field sobriety tests because somebody – could have a high tolerance and they're not even drunk and they blow a 0.05. I mean, that's like basically if you have a beer and a half, you could blow a 0.05. Again, not justifying drunk driving at all. But you can't go by those meters because the person wasn't actually a danger. And then now we're pulling people over who aren't a danger, giving them the BAC, taking away their driver's license, ruining their life when they actually were fine. You need to go by the field sobriety test. And finally, just today, they held a second hearing on whether they should pass a bill that would make it so electron, uh, electric, electronic, they're all electronic, you moron, electric vehicles, <laughs> EVs, drivers of like the Teslas and the Bolts and all the other EVs, non-internal uh, combustion engine cars, they would have to start paying Per mile driven. So so the problem right now is in Washington, in the state of Washington, less than 80% of cars sold are internal combustion engines now. And it's going down every year because people are starting to wake up to how awesome electric vehicles are because you don't have to buy gas. You don't have to worry about the price of gas. You don't have to worry about what's going on in the Middle East, about some tanker getting stuck somewhere. And, oh, my God, now I can't take my kids to school. <laughs> 
I can charge the thing at home. It's awesome. But the problem with that is the state of Washington, like many states, makes a ton of money off of the gas tax. So if you're not buying gas, you're not paying the gas tax. So what they had done is raise the registration price. So when you register your EV, you have to pay 225 But apparently that's not good enough. They want even more money. So what Shocking. they're talking about, yeah, I know, right? They want to replace that with a two uh, two point five cents per mile, um, basically a monitor in your car that would charge you two point five cents for every mile you drove. So if you drive more than nine thousand miles a year, you're paying more than you would be paying the flat rate in the registration. You could choose, apparently, what they're saying is like you could choose the 225 or you could choose to have Big Brother monitoring everywhere you're driving. <laughs> uh, they do this in Oregon, and I, I maybe it works there. Maybe they're more okay with it. But I don't see people in Washington in general going along with this. I don't know if you'd be okay with the government knowing everywhere you're driving for the sole purpose of being able to tax you more, but I sure as hell would be okay with it. Well, that's the question, though. Is this GPS monitoring or is it strictly mileage? Because it seems to me there would be a technical way that you could take the mileage metering and not attach GPS coordinates to it, which would eliminate some of that worry because they wouldn't know where you were going. Yeah, I mean, well, and also, what if you... Okay, so what if you sign up for the 2.5 cents per mile thing and then you just don't drive your car that much? Right? Like, what if, you, what if you're a remote worker? So you sign up for the 2.5 cents per mile, and now you're barely paying anything, and now they're still losing money on the gas tax. I th- I'm going to go one step further and say this. Why even have a gas tax at all? It's outdated. Eventually, it will be pointless, and I'll explain that a little bit in the, uh, further on. But this is what uh, Jake Fay, a uh, Democrat from T- Tacoma, had to say about this. He said, gasoline revenues are headed downward. Um, states rely heavily on gas taxes to pay for road construction and maintenance, except for it's weird because the gas tax doesn't specifically go to road construction and maintenance, by the way. It just goes to a big pot, and some of that big pot is used for road construction and maintenance, but it's not a direct thing funding the road construction and maintenance. Uh, He said Washington's transportation budget is already feeling the squeeze from increased fuel efficiency and vehicle electrification. Quote, we're in a mode where things are only going to get worse in terms of revenue. We're going to be able to fund all the projects, or we're not going to be able to fund all the projects that we had planned to fund. Um, So here's, I said earlier, we just need to get rid of the gas tax altogether for everybody. For vehicles that uh, use gas and vehicles that don't. And the reason I say that is because eventually nobody's going to own a car anyway. I can explain that a little bit further. But the bigger reason is that sedans and SUVs and passenger cars are not the problem when we're talking about road damage. The problem is semi-trucks. And I know there's a lot of semi-truck drivers listening right now. And I'm not going after you guys. You guys are great. 
It's your bosses. <laughs> They're the problem. <laughs> One semi-truck weighing 80,000 pounds does the damage of 5,000 cars to the interstate. And yet, we as passengers are supposed to make up for that. That's impossible. We're going to talk more about the future of cars and how one company wants to make it so you can have your vehicle repossessed remotely. They want to be able to take your car, if you miss a payment, right out of your garage. That's the future we're all claiming or climbing, clamoring for. That's the word I was looking for. Talk more about that on Cairo Nights. Jonathan, we're in for Spike O'Neill. In that last segment, I will be honest with you. I understand that. And I said I would back them up eventually, and I will. In the last segment, we were talking about the gas tax and how that will apply to electric vehicles. And I said the gas tax makes no sense because, one, you're, you're charging passenger cars for damage to the road that's actually being done by gigantic semi-trucks. But, two, eventually nobody's going to own a car anyway. And, I will still explain that. I, back to the bigger point, and the one that's probably the most controversial, is passenger cars should not be taxed, should not have the gas tax applied to them, because they're not the ones doing the damage to the roads. It's the diesel trucks, it's the semi-trucks. Look, my brother is a semi-truck driver. I'm glad that I live uh, all the way across the country from him, because he would probably drive his truck into my house after hearing me say this. But it's the truth. Every study on this shows that semi-trucks, which weigh like 80 times more than a car, if they're fully loaded, they do way more damage to the interstate. In fact, the uh, latest survey showed that they do the one, one semi-truck at 80,000 pounds does the same damage to the highway that 5,000 cars does. If you've been on the highway lately, there's a lot more semi-trucks to cars than 5,000 to one. And yet, when we look at gas tax in in Washington anyway, diesel is taxed the same as regular unleaded. And I get, like, you know, you got way stations and, and semi-trucks have to go through way stations and, and pay more there. I get it. I get it. But you're... Truckers who are upset by that notion that they should pay and we don't have to realize, too, that we're still paying. Because while your company might be paying that, while they might be paying the gas tax and then also paying at the way stations, it's the consumer that's actually picking up the slack on it, right? Because all of that is put into the cost of what you're delivering. So... If we raise the cost that trucks have to pay to be on the road, that would get passed on to the consumer, and I'm fine with that. Oh, no, we have to pay more for the convenience of having things delivered? That's kind of how it should be. 
A lot of people also think that we should take all the gas tax money and reinvest in public transport and charge Amazon and other corporations more for using our roads. But you know and I know that will never happen. Americans hate public transportation. And also, for some reason, taxing major corporations for, you know, using our infrastructure. Now, on to the the broader, weirder, crazier point I made that I said in the future, nobody's going to own a car. Matt, I, I need your help on this as as the steadying force you got it. on the show right now. Where do you see the future of cars going? I think for people who own cars, they are going to be basically subscription. I don't think you're going to actually own it. Holy hell. That is exactly... <laughs> I, I, I see, you know, I, it worries me when I say something that I think is totally out of left field and you're like, well, here's exactly what you're talking about, Jonathan. Cause, uh, <laughs> I don't, I usually think like nobody understands what the hell I'm saying. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because if you think about it, if you eventually, if we get to the point where we have self-driving cars, why would you need to own a car? Why would you need a car? sitting in your driveway most of the time just taking up space when that car could be out, you know, ferrying other people around. So if it's a self-driving car, all you have to do is go on an app, like an Uber type of thing, and just say, I need a car in three minutes. The car shows up and you're good to go. You won't need to own a car. Like you said, it'd be subscription-based. It would be pointless to own one. So who's paying for the gas in that case? I guess maybe you pay through the gas tax, I mean. You pay through the app, the mileage tax, whatever you're talking about? Like everything app-based, they would just keep tacking on additional little fees here and there with nondescript names. That would probably yeah. cover it. Well, that's what's going to happen. I mean, if you if we pass this cost on to the trucking companies or to whoever wherever the app is where it's self-driving cars picking us up they'll we'll just be paying it eventually anyway my only problem is driving up the cost of gas artificially for a system that is kind of defunct it doesn't make a lot of sense and it's not applied correctly and maybe really the only problem i have with it is fairness it doesn't seem fair to charge people who aren't tearing up the roads for the cost of repairing the roads that's just where I'm at. Uh, in the future, like Matt said, we'll have subscription-based self-driving cars. We won't have to own cars anymore. It's also amazing to think, and we're not, by the way, we're not there yet. I I, I have a Tesla. Uh, it's great for the most part. But it's like if, if you've used chat GPT or any of these AI things, you know, like, oh, it's kind of cute, <laughs> but it's nowhere near like how from uh, 2001 it, it's nowhere near the, the skynet or anything like that it it seems like it could be at that point it's very much in its infancy it's very much like that with the tesla it is not self-sufficient i have one if i put it in cruise and auto drive on the roads that's great i don't have to be as locked in and white knuckle as i usually have to be on the highway but for the most part, it's not there yet. But when it gets there, it'll be a liberating thing. If we are still going to work, if we're not all just working remotely at that point, sleep in the car. Let the car just take you. You could live farther away from work. Just get in the car. It could have a bed in it. You sleep in it. You wake up at work. 
You can live as far away from work as you want. The cars will also be able to communicate with each other. So there will be less accidents because, and actually, I don't even think you need traffic lights at that point. They would just be able to go through and not have to worry about clobbering each other. Well, wouldn't they all be at that point networked in a sense where they could automatically kind of configure the stops and starts and avoid accidents for the most? Like, that's the goal, right? That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, that's right. Less traffic accidents, less death. And I, as somebody in radio, this is a terrifying thing to talk about, right? I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, if you I don't have to point. pay attention to the road anymore, if you don't have to pay attention to the road anymore, if you don't have to keep your eyes on the road, why would you be listening? <laughs> Thank God on the Cairo app, you can watch the studio where I'm not right now, but you can totally see an empty chair where I would be sitting. Uh, but on, on for most shows, you can see the people there and I'm sure they make uh, great faces. I'm sure. I'm sure the 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 mannerisms and the gesticulations of of a John Curley are totally worth uh, watching. So you don't have to watch TV and YouTube. We're all thinking the time. about charging a subscription. You can add it onto your package. <laughs> uh, what is paying for the mannerisms or, or paying for the no, video? Of all the other things that you subscribe to. Uh, yeah. Because everything yeah. is moving to a subscription model, which is why your everything, streaming I've, bill is almost as much as your cable bill used to be. It is actually kind of crazy to think about, but um, we are getting away from, in a lot of ways, advertising-based models. If you if, like, I for instance, I use YouTube. I pay for premium, so I don't have to sit through the ads. We're getting back to like the the Medici's. We're getting back to like the renaissance where everything's going to be subscription based, including your car. What if you miss the payment on your car, though? One company is saying, oh, we're going to take your car from you. We're not going to send somebody to your house to get it, though. We're going to have the car come to us. How is that going to work? And is that terrifying? We'll talk about that in Cairo Nights. Jonathan Weir in for Spike O'Neill. We're in for Spike O'Neill. You know, as soon as I heard about self-driving autonomous vehicles, I said I could not wait for there to be a country song about a guy whose wife left him, and then the next day his truck left him too. (laughs) Well, Ford is trying to make that happen. They have put out a patent. For any future vehicle in their lineup with a data connection that would be capable of disabling functionality of one or more components, but on top of that, for vehicles with autonomous or semi-autonomous driving capability, the system could move the vehicle from a first spot to a second spot that is more convenient for a tow truck to tow. So, more or less, your truck's in the garage, They go, you missed the payment, and they get it out of the garage and drive it to a place where the tow truck can pick it up or just back to the dealership. 
Now, the first thing I, I've got to say about this is that this is a long way away from happening. Again, I have a Tesla. They are terrible at driving themselves. And I think a Tesla is generally considered or generally considered the most uh, advanced of these technologies, usually. And it's just not there yet. Uh, they, they will get there. They will get there. But it's going to be a lot of trial and error. And I can't imagine the backlash that would happen to a company like Ford if they're like, yeah, sure. It drove up on the sidewalk and took out a, a, a whole <laughs> a whole clutch of nuns that were on the sidewalk on their way to church. But the important thing is we were repoing the car. We were we had to repossess the car. I mean, the, yeah, sure. Sure, it ran over the, the mayor. But. And his dog. But we were repossessing the, the thing, so it had to happen. There would be a lot of backlash. Second of all, nobody's talking about the real victims here. The repo men. That's just one more job that's going to be lost to automation. What about the hardworking guys whose dream, when they were little, was to break into people's houses and steal their stuff on behalf of the credit card companies, on behalf of the banks. What about those guys? What about their dreams? You know, it's not fair. It's not right. Think about it. Is there a is there a job that's more hated than repo men? Or do you do you do you like them, Matt? What do you think about repo men? Uh, it's one of those things I know who's probably hated slightly more because it happens more often would be debt collectors of any kind because debt I think more people encounter consumer debt than have their car repossessed and you're getting called by them. Exactly. You know, what's bad is that I, I finally got to a point in my life where I didn't have debt collectors after me genuinely, but I'm now at a point in my life where the debt collectors are after me, but it's a scam. <laughs> but because of because of my residual guilt from being a deadbeat for 20 years of my life, I still am like, well, maybe I do owe $36,000 that I don't remember opening on a credit card. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe maybe this has all been a dream. Maybe this is a talking head song. And it's it's not my beautiful wife. It's not my beautiful car. It's not it belongs to the repo men. Yeah, but that's lit. Yeah, it is my credit card debt. Like that, it, it that something that genuinely happens. They're, they're after me. I think scammers and spammers they have to be more hated than repo men. And then of course you have politicians. They got to be up there. Maybe lawyers. But you know everybody likes their lawyer. Saul Goodman, he's the best. He's the best. He is amazing. Um, actually, I'm looking at a list of the most hated pro- uh, profession. Banker. <laughs> Why is a Banker. My wife was a banker. Well, if you get turned down for a loan. Uh, this is what somebody says about bankers. Bankers never learned how to create wealth themselves. Instead, bankers decide to create a service that slowly siphons off the wealth of others. Are you, if you're talking about the people who run the bank, fine. But don't put that at the teller's feet. Yeah, not their not, fault don't that you have a teller for Jamie Dimon. Yeah, you have a 520 credit score. You're not getting a mortgage. That's not the teller's fault. Okay, this is also on this list of most hated professions. Teachers. <laughs> that I can believe, sadly. <laughs> really? Yeah, given you can the believe recent teachers. Given the recent um 
casting of teachers as potential groomers, people yelling at them in school board meetings. I can see why a lot of people have a hate for teachers. Yeah, you're just trying... You're trying to warp my kid's mind with your liberal voodoo logic about science. We didn't come from monkeys. We came from a dude's rib. That's what happened. I think. I need to read a Bible again. For a lot of reasons. Number 10 on the list is dentist. Yeah. So teachers are hated more than more than dentists. Not, Not fair. my world. Not fair at all. Not my world. All right, we're going to talk about Seattle being the number one most depressed city in the country. Did we really earn that? Or is that just, uh, is that posing a little bit? We'll talk about that. Kyra Knights, John the Weir, in for Spike O'Neill.